Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me is a different special guest, not my normal co-host, Small Sip of Whiskey. I am recording in the morning, so I have 
big, huge mug sip of coffee. Mug sip. That is a new word and a monster on Doctor Who. The mug sip. Anyway, today I am tackling one grievance. It's a really fun and interesting grievance, so let's get right into it. This one came to us from Twitter from Daryl Cooper at DC22957. Daryl says, I come to you for some hashtag Star Wars counseling. Obi-Wan's story of Owen being mad for Anakin joining old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade, and your father wanted you to have this but your uncle wouldn't allow it, seems to be just plain made up. Why? Then... Two question marks. Yes, this is a two question mark grievance. This is a great one. I love this whole scene. It is a very fun topic. Let's dive in because Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably my favorite Star Wars character. I'm deeply affected and uh, I will always relate to Luke Skywalker staring out at those twin sons. He was my hero as a kid and now in Last Jedi he's my hero at being an older person. But I've been so fascinated with Obi-Wan Kenobi meeting this uh, old wise Jedi Master in the very first Star Wars film and then jumping back to his impetuous youth and getting all of his adventures in the Clone Wars, all of the great uh, contrasts and surprises Everything that makes him Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably my favorite character. So I spend a good chunk of my life just staring at walls, thinking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So thank you, Daryl, for making all of that thinking time productive by answering a grievance like this. Now, I personally think this one scene in Star Wars A New Hope, this scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi downloads pretty much the entire exposition for Star Wars and the Skywalker saga in just a few minutes is one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. It was always great and powerful, but it became even more fascinating with the addition of the prequels. Alec Guinness's performance was always great as a mentor gently guiding a very naive but important student in their first steps into a larger world. It's always been great. But with the additions of the prequel, there's so much more weight. You can tell that Obi-Wan is weighing his choices. He's measuring and judging Luke's reaction. There's that great weighty pause before telling Luke about his father's fate. There's that little smile when he remembers Luke has never even heard of the Force before now. Like, hey, we're relying on you, kid. You're you're the new hope. You're the hope of the entire galaxy. And oh yeah, you don't even know what the Force is. You don't even have a name for it. Right. So it's always been a great scene. But with the addition of the prequels, it really invites us to wonder what part of Obi-Wan's stories are true. What part are manipulations? And from a real-world perspective, what matches up with Star Wars canon? Here is my take. Obi-Wan Kenobi is many things, but a liar is not one of them. I don't think Obi-Wan tells any straight-out lies in this scene. Okay, maybe he bends a few truths to the point of possibly breaking, but I think everything Obi-Wan Kenobi has a spirit of truth from a certain point of view. Please be on the lookout for my spec script, Obi-Wan Kenobi, colon, the spirit of truth. I love how much Obi-Wan's 
fluid view of the truth has become a huge part of his character, to the point that we get that great scene in the Clone Wars animated series where the love of his life, Duchess Satine, introduces him as a collection of half-truths and hyperbole known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Remember, that is said by someone who loves him. The whole I told you the truth from a certain point of view thing, it may seem shifty, it's a fun thing to joke around about, but I think it is an important part of Obi-Wan Kenobi's character. It's an important part of who he is, and I think, in Star Wars and in the real world, it's a legitimate way to look at complex truths. Obi-Wan is a grumpy person who is usually very, very clear on his own perspectives and beliefs. He's not shifty about what he believes in and what he's willing to do as a Jedi, as a mentor, as a student. He is pretty steadfast and loyal. But he's also a curious person who likes to hold things up to the light and spin them around and try to understand them, try to see them from all sides. And over the course of this character's arc and all of Star Wars, I think we see him begin to bend the truth for lots of different reasons. I think he does it to soften the blow in talking to Luke in this scene. I think he does it to try to understand where other people are coming from. I think he does it as a way to manipulate, test, or even just confound his enemies. Obi-Wan is always doing insane, bold, weird things to put his villains off balance. He engages Grievous in the droids to distract them all from the coming clones in Revenge of the Sith. He is a bold one. There's that great scene in the Clone Wars animated movie, the one that kicked it all off, where he sits down to have a drink and negotiate with General Loathsome. Does he intend to actually surrender to General Loathsome? No. Would anyone surrender to someone named General Loathsome? They shouldn't. No, he sits down to put him off balance to buy time. Is that a lie? Or is he bending the truth? He's happy to negotiate, but he's not gonna surrender. There's also the great scenes in Attack of the Clones where he goes to Kamino and he tells the Kaminoans that, of course, he's here to inspect the clone army. And technically, Obi-Wan has no idea the clone army even existed, but he was there to see what was going on. So he absolutely did come there to inspect the clones. He just didn't know it was clones he was going to be inspecting, but he was sure as hell there to inspect, so everything he said was true from a certain point of view. So that's my view of the character, and I think it's important to lay that groundwork before we get into these specific statements he makes to Luke. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is very true to his own perspective, his own goals, but he knows how much people are affected by how they see the truth. So, that said, let's dive into the scene itself. First off, one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There is the lightsaber line. Your father wanted you to have it when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. Let's break that down. There are two statements of truth in that sentence, your father wanted you to have it, and your uncle wouldn't allow it. First, let's talk about your uncle wouldn't allow it. I think this one is just straight up true. Old Ben gets at least one sticker for straight up honesty. It's implied and outright discussed in multiple places in modern Star Wars canon that Owen didn't want Obi-Wan around Luke. He didn't want Obi-Wan to be a part of Luke's life. That is featured directly in the great short story Time of Death by Kevin Scott in the uh, From a Certain Point of View book. It's also told in journal entries in the main Star Wars comic book. If Owen didn't want Obi-Wan in Luke's life, I'm personally sure that explicitly includes Obi-Wan coming around on Luke's fifth birthday with a lightsaber all bundled up in bantha skin gift wrap and just saying, hey kid, here's a lightsaber. Time to start your journey. Owen didn't want that. If Owen didn't want Obi-Wan even coming around to chat, he sure as hell didn't want Obi-Wan to give Luke a lightsaber. So I rate that one. Your uncle didn't want you to have it. Your uncle wouldn't allow it is absolutely true. Now let's look at the other statement in there, possible statement of truth. 
your father wanted you to have it when you were old enough. I think this is also true, but only, only from a very, very specific point of view. We all know that Anakin didn't say anything to Obi-Wan about giving his lightsaber to his son when he was old enough. Now, in life, I think we all hear people say things, and we sort of read between the lines for the truth of what they're actually saying, but it is very, very hard to get give my lightsaber to my son when he is old enough from Ah! I hate you! I hate you! Which is, of course, what Anakin says right after Obi-Wan has picked up the lightsaber. It's hard to misinterpret, ah, I hate you, I hate you. I, I think that's pretty clear and doesn't mean give my lightsaber to my son when he is old enough. Now, I think it is worth pausing here to talk about why Obi-Wan took that lightsaber at all. Now, in my personal headcanon, I don't think Obi-Wan was in an emotional space to think through, cool, uh, Padme is pregnant, I do believe, with Anakin's children. I better pick this lightsaber up to give to Anakin's potential son, in theory, when he's old enough. I don't think Obi-Wan was thinking through that in that moment. I think Obi-Wan takes Anakin's lightsaber for a few different reasons. Throughout the course of their relationship, particularly when Anakin was a Padawan, Obi-Wan had drilled into Anakin that the lightsaber is the weapon of a Jedi. Anakin is no longer a Jedi. In a way, I think it's like Obi-Wan stripping Anakin of his rank. Again, I don't think Obi-Wan is being really clear-headed in that moment. It's just instinct. This blade, this is the weapon of a Jedi, and this burning, yellow-eyed monster isn't a Jedi anymore. I think there also might be just a little bit of tenderness to it. Obi-Wan spent a long time with that lightsaber fighting by his side. Anakin probably saved Obi-Wan's life with that exact blade many times throughout the Clone Wars. I think for Obi-Wan, that lightsaber maybe felt like the last shred of Anakin that was truly left. So he picked it up and he kept it. And I think it's here where we get into the truth of your father wanted you to have it when you were old enough. I think in all his years of reflection on Tatooine, it's possible that Obi-Wan came to believe that this is truly what Anakin would have wanted. He would have wanted to pass along that lightsaber to his son. I think somewhere along the way, Obi-Wan accepted the idea that Anakin and Vader are truly two different beings and that Anakin was destroyed by Vader. He's gone. So if Obi-Wan has accepted that my friend, my brother, Anakin, is dead, he has been destroyed by this new entity that is Vader, I think it's possible for Obi-Wan to think, well, what would have Anakin wanted if he had survived, if he hadn't fallen to the dark side and become Vader, but instead he had just died in the Clone Wars? What would that Anakin have wanted for his son, for this lightsaber? I think Obi-Wan believes that if Anakin had survived, he would want his son to inherit his legacy. Now, Obi-Wan could have said, your father would have wanted you to have this when you were old enough. Or he could have said, I imagine your father would have wanted you to have this when you were old enough. But what's one or two little clarifying words that drastically change the meaning of the sentence between friends? My point is, I think from Obi-Wan's very specific point of view, the spirit of this is true, that 
the Anakin that he knew would have wanted to pass this legacy on to his son. So let's move on to the next dubious chunk of text from this grievance following old Obi-Wan on some damned fool idealistic crusade like your father did. I think that line goes hand in hand with the earlier line, that's what your uncle told you, he didn't hold with your father's ideals, thought he should have stayed here and not gotten involved. Now, I interpret both these lines as Obi-Wan's honest understanding of Owen's perspective. I think it's possible Obi-Wan and Owen have had longer conversations and debates than we've seen in canon. Owen seems to be aware of the threat of Vader, the threat of Luke having too much of his father in him, so it makes sense to me that Obi-Wan would have filled Owen in a bit on the arc of Anakin's life. I think the line of, your uncle thinks Anakin should have stayed here and not gotten involved, could mean nine-year-old Anakin leaving at all back in the Phantom Menace. Maybe, in Owen's mind, all of this tragedy, both personal and galactic, could have been avoided if Anakin hadn't wanted to play hero and run off to become a Jedi in the first place. He could have just stayed on Tatooine with his mother Shmi. Eventually, maybe Owen believes, his father Kleeg would have freed both Shmi and Anakin. Anakin would have grown up as Owen's brother, working the moisture farm and zipping through Beggar's Canyon now and again. What a great life, Owen thinks. Now that later line, and the one actually brought up uh, in this grievance from Daryl about following old Obi-Wan on some damned fool idealistic crusade like your father did, I think that is a direct reference to the events of Attack of the Clones. From Owen's perspective, what happens in Attack of the Clones? Well, first, he doesn't know to call that chapter of his life Attack of the Clones, which is a tragedy. Anyway, from Owen's perspective, Anakin had returned home to Tatooine. Yes, Anakin had found, and then immediately lost his mother. But he had also found so much more. He found his stepfather, Kleeg, his stepbrother, Owen, and his stepbrother's girlfriend, Beru. In short, Anakin had found a family. And Anakin wasn't alone. He was there visiting Tatooine with Padme, a woman who would soon become his wife, a woman that he was explicitly supposed to be keeping safe, who he was supposed to keep in hiding. To me, it makes sense that after brooding over these events all these years, Owen thinks everyone would have been better off if once again Anakin had just stayed. If both Anakin and Padme had just stayed, they could have kept in hiding. Anakin could have left this Jedi Order that Owen doesn't seem to be a fan of. Uh, Anakin and Padme could have just got married and happily raised a family right there on Tatooine. But is that what happens? No! Anakin slaughters a bunch of Tusken Raiders, making them permanently hateful of this particular farm. He steals back his protocol droid C-3PO, and he flies off to do what specifically? Rescue Obi-Wan on Geonosis. Help Obi-Wan complete his mission of discovering the truth behind the Separatist threat, following Obi-Wan on his Jedi assignment, his damned fool idealistic crusade from the perspective of Owen Lars. Now, is this a stretch? In my opinion, yes. But it is also a stretch that works. I think all of the events actually do line up to what Obi-Wan is describing to Luke in a shorthand way many, many years later. Now, on one hand, I think if you take all of what is said in this scene in A New Hope, literally, 
and interpret it in the most obvious way, I think it does describe a slightly different story. And it's a story, a version of the story, that a lot of people who grew up with the original trilogy sort of imagined. I think there's something in it that implies that the Jedi are a little bit more nomadic. That Obi-Wan came upon this older boy, Anakin. He's amazed by his skills as a pilot and his strength in the Force. And he says, come with me to be a Jedi. And Owen was already in Anakin's life and was like, don't do it. Stay on the farm, Annie. And Anakin decided to go off on a Jedi quest. I think that is the general spirit of the story that a lot of people grew up with, myself included, before the prequels. But when you actually do break it down to events and perspectives, it's a very similar story. Anakin was strong in the Force and was an amazing pod racing pilot when Qui-Gon found him. Anakin does decide twice to follow the Jedi, once specifically Obi-Wan Kenobi, on their idealistic crusade. It does all happen. So I think the whole story tracks from this specific point of view. Obi-Wan is giving Luke a shorthand version of the major events, and along with that, an honest interpretation of how Owen Lars feels about it. He thinks Anakin shouldn't have left. He thinks Anakin shouldn't have cared more about the Jedi, more about Obi-Wan, then Anakin should have cared about his own family, about his mother, and about his whole step-family, about Padme. Again, makes sense from Owen's perspective. And now we get to what I think is the most important part of not only what Obi-Wan is saying, but how he is saying it. Obi-Wan knows that Luke Skywalker has a destiny. Obi-Wan believes that if there is any hope for the galaxy, for the light side of the Force. Luke Skywalker must take up his father's lightsaber, he must learn the ways of the Force, and most importantly, Luke must get off Tatooine and get involved, thereby defying his Uncle Owen's strongly held beliefs. In order to help convince Luke to do these things, Obi-Wan is highlighting the similarities between Luke and his father Anakin. Obi-Wan is letting Luke know that his father went through the same choice that Luke is right now. Just like Luke, Anakin wanted to leave Tatooine. He wanted to go out into the galaxy and make a difference. And Owen said no to that too. Wet blanket, stay on the farm. Owen Lars told your dad to stay here just like he's telling you to stay here. Owen's answer to everything is stay on the farm and don't get involved. That was his opinion about your father, and it's the same bill of goods he's selling you now, Luke. And this push-pull, this question of should I get involved, should I not get involved, is an important one in Star Wars. This is two different perspectives. Obi-Wan saying, yes, you have to go out there and you have to face what is out there. Owen saying, no, 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 everyone will be safer if you just stay home, stay close, ignore it all. And I think the story of Star Wars reminds us again and again that Obi-Wan is right. It's not okay to turn away from your destiny. It's not good to just not get involved. You can't ignore the evil of the galaxy because eventually the evil of the galaxy will come to your doorstep. And in the case of Owen and Beru, it will literally burn you alive until you're a pretty shockingly disturbing burning skeleton. So not only do I think Obi-Wan is trying to tell the truth as he understands it, but he's trying to tell the truth in a way that reveals the small-mindedness of Owen. 
And I think there's even more upselling that Obi-Wan is doing with the way he's phrasing things. I think he's trying to paint an inspiring portrait of Luke's father, the brave Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker. Again, Obi-Wan has had a long time to think about this. He knows that if Luke embraces his destiny, eventually he will have to confront Vader, and one way or another, he might discover that Vader was once his father, Anakin. Obi-Wan knows this is, of course, going to be terrible. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be challenging. So he wants to set Luke up on his journey with this truth, this truth that before he fell and became Vader, Anakin was a good man. In this whole great scene we're talking about, we jump into it mid-conversation at the beginning, right? Where Luke is saying, no, my father didn't fight in the wars. He was a navigator on a spice freighter. So for Luke to start the scene like that, to be saying, no, he didn't fight in the wars, that means Obi-Wan pretty much just plopped down on his space couch and was like, hey, you want something to drink? By the way, been meaning to tell you, your father was this awesome war hero. Obi-Wan Kenobi is actively bringing up Luke's father and painting a picture of him as a noble Jedi. Because from the perspective of poor Obi-Wan, he has waited a long time for this. A long time for Luke to come to him. I believe he's been following Owen's wishes and largely staying away from Luke. Watching over him, keeping him safe, yes, but staying away. Not gifting him lightsabers. He's been waiting. I believe Obi-Wan has been waiting for the will of the Force to make this moment happen. When will the moment be right where Luke will come to him and Obi-Wan can begin to train him. And the wait was worth it, because all of a sudden, a lot of crap is going down in Obi-Wan's hut. Luke is there. Leia is here, in a way, in hologram form. She was on her way to find him. R2 is there. The will of the Force is not being subtle. They are saying, yeah, Obi-Wan, it's, it's time. So finally, after all of these years of waiting, Obi-Wan gets to start telling Luke the truth as much of it as Obi-Wan believes Luke can handle, and what Luke needs to hear. Specifically, Obi-Wan believes Luke needs to hear, your uncle wants to control you and keep you from your destiny, but you could be like your father, this awesome pilot in Jedi Knight who defied your uncle's wishes and went out into the stars to fight for peace and justice. So, uh, don't you want to be like your dad? And it works. Only a short while later, Luke tells Obi-Wan, I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. So, did Obi-Wan use his phrasing? Use the way he told Luke the truth to push a little to make it happen? Damn right he did. After all, it is tradition. Qui-Gon manipulated Watto's chance cube to get Anakin off the planet. This is just how you get a Skywalker off of Tatooine. You push and you manipulate just a little bit. So, to summarize, I don't think Obi-Wan is just making up any of this. I don't think he's lying. I think some of these statements are just directly true. I think some are bending the truth. I think some are only the truth from Obi-Wan's very specific perspective. Others from Owen's perspective. And some are the truth turned into the most effective narrative to inspire Luke and set him on his path. For me, it all works. It's elegant and fascinating and just fun to think through. Now, if it doesn't work for you, I'd suggest really putting yourself in Obi-Wan's shoes. How 
do you answer these questions with as much truth as possible? How do you gently sway Luke toward embracing his destiny without outright lying to him? Would you manage to be as gentle and patient as Obi-Wan is in this scene? He has been waiting for this moment for 19 years. I think he plays it pretty cool. I think you can also think about it from this perspective. The information that Obi-Wan is giving Luke in this scene is massive. It is about Luke's actual personal history. It is about the history of the galaxy. It is about the complex truth about his father. It is about the battle between Luke controlling his own destiny versus allowing his uncle Owen to control that destiny. It is a complicated thing. Now, I think imagine yourself in the real world. When someone asks you what happened in the past, you don't usually answer with a textbook perfect historical answer like you're giving a report in history class. When another person asks us about the past, we tell our truths from our perspective. Sometimes we honor somebody else's perspective. Sometimes we eliminate their perspective and just share the perspective that we feel is right. And we tell our truths so people can see us the way we want to be seen in that moment. And I think that's what Obi-Wan is doing. I don't think it's that shifty. I think it is trying to give Luke absolutely what he needs to hear in that moment. Now, if none of that works for you, if you still feel like Obi-Wan is uh, taking way, way too many liberties with the truth, if you feel like, yeah, the events of Attack the Clones kind of match up, but they don't reflect the spirit of what Obi-Wan is saying, and it's still bothering you, I understand. We all feel differently. So if you're still really troubled by this scene, I have one last bit of counseling, one other suggestion. I suggest taking some time and just picture the scene this way. Luke asks, How did my father die? Then Obi-Wan pauses. He weighs his choices, and he begins, Well, there was a dispute over the taxation of trade routes to outline star systems. And then he tells, in great detail, the entire story of the prequel trilogy, every arc of the Clone Wars animated series. And then, hours and hours and hours later, we cut back to Luke, who is just staring, wide-eyed, a tiny bit of drool forming in the corner of his mouth, utterly overwhelmed by hours of information that Obi-Wan just relayed. And then he quietly gets up, shakes his head, and just says, I'm out, I'm out. He leaves, no lightsabers, no nothing. Credits roll, Star Wars. So even if you don't think the original scene works, hopefully you can have fun imagining that alternate take in your mind. I know I did. Thank you, Daryl, for sending in that grievance. I love any reason to dive deep into the mind of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I think 
this whole scene is like a legend. It's a guide to the rest of Star Wars, and it is so fun to look at all of the different ways that one could interpret it. If you have grievances, please send them in. Use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with an S. That makes it much easier for me to find them when you hashtag them. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed. That is on josephscrimshaw.com. You can also like Four Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Four Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Four Center. And of course, until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.